The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. Hello, everyone. I'm Maria Stratman. I am sitting in for Gil this week, who is, I hope, enjoying the retreat he's leading at Tassajara. So um, over the course of this week, what we've been talking about is how one comes to grips with the feelings of self-criticism, self-blame. And we've taken the approach of considering it that can the cultivation of blamelessness rather than trying to get rid of something, what would we like to cultivate in our lives? And we began by talking about impermanence, that we're not the same people that we were yesterday or will be tomorrow or in the next moment for that matter. And then we talked about judgment and how judgment leads to suffering. And then we talked about doubt. And today we're going to talk about forgiveness. Because forgiveness has as its central feature letting go of blame, letting go of blame, not forgiving or not not pardoning or condoning, but letting go of blame. So we've used as our talisman through the week, the opening discussion in, in the Dhammapada. And it starts with all experience is preceded by mind, led by mind, made by mind, speak or act with the corrupted mind and suffering follows like the wheels of the cart behind the hooves of the ox. All experience is preceded by mind, led by mind, made by mind, speak or act with a peaceful mind and happiness follows like a never departing shadow. But that continues, and that's the subject of today's talk. He abused me, attacked me, defeated me, robbed me. For those carrying on like this, hatred does not end. She abused me, attacked me, defeated me, robbed me. For those not carrying on like this, hatred ends. Hatred never ends through hatred. By non-hate alone does it end. This is an ancient truth. Many do not realize that we here must die. For those who realize this, quarrels end. Hatred never ends through hatred. By non-hate alone does it end. This is an ancient truth. This is the spirit in which we approach the idea of forgiveness. Forgiveness really is for you. Forgiveness is letting go of the blame, the hatred, the ill will, the resentment, particularly the resentment from past events. Forgiveness is realizing that whatever the source of this pain is, whatever this this uh, insult to you, this this uh, behavior that you find offensive, all of that happened in the past. 
But what's present now is the pain of your remembering it, of your recalling it, of your re-energizing it by telling yourself the story about how, of course, you justify this, you justify this anger and this resentment. But that anger and resentment is actually no longer linked to what the cause was. It's all here. It's all in us. And the task of forgiveness doesn't even require the other person or the other place or our agreeing with ourselves. What it requires is laying down the determination to be resentful over whatever that insult was. Being hurt is the normal consequence of living. We all have experienced hurt from ourselves, from others. It happens. Stuff happens. Deliberate or non-deliberate, stuff happens. And we get hurt. But the refusal to let go of the resentment toward ourselves or others is just pounding the nail over the head after it's already in the board. It's done. It's in the past. Now, there's a famous phrase that that forgiveness is giving up all hope of the better past. All hope of the better past. It's over. That has happened. So now what? So now what? It's a very human thing to want to blame somebody for something that's happened. It's all part of that. If I'm feeling threatened, I have to protect myself from being from harm. And so there's a natural reaction that I should understand what happened so I can protect myself against it. And we tell ourselves the story over and over again. And we say, oh, well, that was your fault. Well, if it wasn't your fault, if if I want you to love me, and so I can't really make you into a bad person, then I make me into a bad person. I, I blame me. But blame does not have to be the response to something that is unjust, unfair, unwanted. It does not have to be the response. And if we understand that that's the part about holding on to the corrupted heart, the part where we're holding on to that resentment and we're stroking that resentment and making it part of everyday living, we are reproducing the harm in ourselves. We are the source of the suffering. We are the source of the suffering. It is not to say that whatever happened is okay. It isn't okay. We're not condoning. We're not pardoning. The act of forgiving is giving up blame. Not easy, not easy. But if you think about it and you realize it's really coming from here, it's coming from here. You know, for for years, I, I love Thanksgiving. I love everything about it. It's a wonderful family day. It's got lots of wonderful food. And for years, I had terrible Thanksgivings. Because the family would all come in and they would expect me to take care of them. And I had envisioned something totally different. We'd all get together and we'd all cook together and we'd have a good time together. And 
other people didn't have the same vision of Thanksgiving as I did. And I suffered every year until I gave up my idea of Thanksgiving. My idea. And for the last few years, it's been absolutely delightful. Because I don't require everybody to meet my view of what it looks like. That was a great lesson for me. The first time somebody told me, you know, it's your fault, you're suffering. I was furious. (laughs) What do you mean? They're the ones that are just laying around. No, it all had to do with my wanting things to be a certain way. Now, that's easier to do than some harm that's been done to you. Some harm that's been done to you to let go of holding on to the resentment of that is the task at hand. To let go of the resentment of that. But remember, the forgiveness is for you. It's not for the other person. You have to give up expecting things from your life or other people that they do not choose to give you. You have to give up expecting things from your life or from other people that they don't choose to give you. The fact that they don't give it to you is you're wanting things to be a certain way. And that's where forgiveness comes in. It's the letting go of, I need to be right about this. One of the things that we can do when we find ourselves telling that story to ourselves over and over again, when I find myself putting energy into, oh, but that's just not right. I recall that that all of that energy of that is not right is being created right here. I'm burning up that energy instead of burning up the resentment. And I'm reinforcing it. And what's required is to say, how can I let this go? How can I forgive? There is a practice, a forgiveness practice, where similar to something like metta or equanimity practice. You can say certain phrases to remind yourself of what you're trying to do. And they're they're very simple. I've probably most of you have heard them before if you've been on retreats at Spirit Rock, for example. So what we say is, if I have hurt you by word, thought, or deed, deliberately or undeliberately, may I be forgiven. If you have hurt me by thought, word, or deed, deliberately or inadvertently, I forgive you. If I hurt myself by thought, word, or deed, deliberately or undeliberately, I forgive me. Now, these phrases are just phrases. But if you can say them and repeat them to yourself and keep them in front of you with the idea of intention, the intention to soften your heart, to have peace in your heart. 
It's amazing what it can do. But the first thing you have to do is want to get rid of the pain in your heart. You have to want to let go. Some things have become so ingrained in us that they feel like part of us. This is who I am. I'm the person who who is the victim of this. I'm the person that is fighting against this thing. I'm I'm a person fighting this bias. And all of that reinforcing of me as the person who is fighting against this is all happening here in our own minds. And it's up to us to decide whether we want to let go of that pain or not. Do I want to continue holding on to that live wire? My my uh, stepmother is in hospice right now. And earlier in the year, I, she's 97. So she's she's lived a long time. And I thought I should go see her. Because there were some things between us that were not right. And I determined I needed to go and talk to her and just get the air cleared to make my heart at ease. And I went to see her and she's, she's, uh, she was even then somewhat demented and she mostly remembered things 50 years from now. That's mostly what she talked about earlier, 50 years earlier. And my husband kept saying, uh, you, you haven't, you haven't talked to your your mother yet? You haven't talked to your mother about that yet. You haven't. And I I said, you know, it turns out I don't need to talk to her. It's all in me, this, this discomfort, this unease. I no longer need to say anything to her. It serves no use, useful purpose. Totally unneeded. Not because it was too late, but because I finally let go of my own holding on to the discomfort. I finally just said, oh, it's all in my mind. It's all in my heart. It's miraculous. going to read another Jane Hirschfield poem. This book is just wonderful. (laughs) So the name of this poem is The Bowl. If meat is put into the bowl, meat is eaten. If rice is put into the bowl, it may be cooked. If a shoe is put in the bowl, the leather is chewed and chewed over, a sentence that cannot be taken in or forgiven. A day, if a day could feel, must feel like a bowl. Wars, loves, trucks, betrayals, kindness, it eats them. Then the next day comes spotless and hungry. The bowl cannot be thrown away. It cannot be broken. It is calm, uneclipsable, rindless, and big though it seems, fits exactly in two human hands. Hands with ten fingers, fifty-four bones, Capacity strange to us almost past measure. Scented as the curve of the bowl is with cardamom, star anise, long pepper, cinnamon, hyssop. The bowl is just the bowl. It's what we put into the bowl. 
that we eat. So I hope this has some meaning for you. And understand that it is the laying down of the blame that leads to blamelessness. Thank you. Hey, thank you, Maria. Um, so if anyone on Zoom or YouTube has any questions, um, you can raise your hand in Zoom or you can put your questions into chat on Zoom and YouTube and we'll uh, read the chat messages to Maria as they come in. Um, I, I had a quick question about the Thanksgiving dinner, actually. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, I think it sounds like you uh, had a change of mindset or change of how you looked at things um, and uh, expectations, it sounds like. And so was there any, uh, I've experienced this myself where I've kind of changed the way I've seen or drawn boundaries sometimes. And like, did you communicate your change of expectations to your guests or was it just kind of like, well, I've changed my expectations and they'll have to just deal with my shift in mindset. Well, of course, the shift in mindset was really positive for them because I stopped grumping around. <laughs> so it wasn't necessary for me to say, you know, I've changed my mind and now I, I'm going to think this about it. What, what, what I did was uh, I, first of all, began asking people for something rather than expecting them to offer it to me. You know what that's like? Well, you know, if you loved me, you would just do this, right? <laughs> I wouldn't have to tell you. So I would say, you know, you have special special need requests. Would you mind bringing one thing that that you, I used to make three separate meals at Thanksgiving to meet everybody's uh, particular dietary requirements, you know? And so I would just, so I would ask people for something and I would give up my idea of what it had to look like. And so I gave up wanting the food to be a certain way and and let let go of of uh i I heard that people treated a holiday as a day I can let go, and so my gift to them became letting go for them, allowing them to let go and not resenting them for letting go and laying around. That's what they wanted to do with their holiday, so it involved looking outward and not so much emphasis on what was inward. I didn't have to say anything. I just became a more pleasant person, not by design, but by effect. So, yeah, I, yeah the communication sounds like it was also a good uh, kind of lubricator as well. To, yeah. yeah. It's great. Sometimes you have to tell people what your expectations are yes. and not expect them to know. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so we've got uh Lucinda, if you want to unmute yourself and yeah, thank you. Hi. Uh, hi, I've really enjoyed this week very much. Thank you. Uh, two questions. One is on um, which uh, uh, book for the Jane Hirschfeld uh, did you read from? This oh, is Ledger. Okay. Okay, thank you. Um, I, then I recently discovered it turns out I had another copy on my shelf already. <laughs> <laughs> I relate. Um, my, my, my question, uh, is around forgiveness. I've been, um, uh, recently struggling with a family member and, um, came to, uh, around a, a 
pretty huge conflict. And uh, through basically through this practice, um, I have come to a place of true forgiveness. And um, the but what's come up for me is um, I am uh, scheduled to go on a family trip with this family member, somebody I deeply love, um, and who's uh, and my ability to get hurt by this person is uh, monumental. And I don't know what to do with it other than not to do anything about it. it uh, I mean, I just, I don't have any idea. It's it's not until December, but it's a big trip. And um, I'm just letting it be. I don't know what else to do. I mean, I feel like I have this thing that wants to have a conversation with this person, but he, he's not a very, he's not open to that often. Uh, any Any insight or suggestions? So uh, it, it's a little unclear to me well, uh, what the what the fear is. It, it sounds like the you, you don't want to be in conflict with this person, but you want more than that. You want also to to have a feeling of affection between one another. Yes. So so um, all conditions are different. So, but all families are, are different, but similar. (laughs) And, uh, I have been in conflict with various members of my family and want them to be, uh, and want that not to be true. And so the approach I've taken is to avoid those places where I think we're, we are in conflict and recall, call to mind in me what it is. That I would be the attitude that I would like to have. So what I mean by that is I want people to be friendly to me. I begin by being friendly and not by putting my awareness on how we differ. Mm. So I, I work inside myself to to be what I want to be and not become someone who knows how to deal with this. Does that help at all? That's so helpful. That is so helpful. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, and from YouTube, uh, Kane is asking, how do you let go of judgment and blame from close family, especially when you know your intentions are correct and you are doing the right thing? It feels like I I have to emotionally close off to them to protect myself. No, no. We're actually going to talk about that tomorrow. (laughs) That is my topic for tomorrow. It has to do with... uh, uh, equanimity, establishing equanimity, and uh, and it it has primarily to do with the realization that what others choose to do is not my. They choose to do. I don't get to. I don't get to determine what they do. Just as they don't determine what I do, and so it comes from a place of my suffering arises from my own intentions and actions, not what others may wish for me. Despite what I may wish for others, things are as they are. There's a certain amount of letting go of the need for it to be different that is essential. 
but I'm really going to spend a lot of time talking about a lot of time. We only have 15 minutes, but I'm going to talk about that tomorrow. So I want to delay that, that particular theme. What I can say is that uh, the act of judgment, the, the deliberate, you are wrong about this, is building up in one's heart the resistance, the blame, the anger, the ill will that will lead to suffering. And understand that in doing that, you are doing that to yourself. I am doing it to myself. If I am get if I arrive loaded for bear, <laughs> you know, you, you need to, we all need to see that not everybody is coming from the same place. And whatever they choose to do is their choice. We can, we can be as generous as possible with what we think will help them, but we can't make them do anything. They will do what they will do. And some of the pain arises from the frustration of not being able to fix it. So to recognize one's own need to fix something is adding to the suffering of watching their suffering is useful. So Cain, without any uh, specifics about the issue, The only thing I can say is that anger, resentment, judgment lies in us. And the way to let go of them is to see when they arise, to not be enchanted by them. And they fall away. To not be enchanted by the unrightness of this. To not be overcome with righteousness. But just to, I see. Your suffering, my suffering arises from our own intentions and actions, not what others wish for us. So we we will talk about that more tomorrow. Thank you. Hey, Susie, uh, you've got your hand raised, so you can go ahead and unmute. You're muted, Susie. Okay. You're there. Susie, we can't hear you. Now you're muted. Sorry about that. I, can you hear me now? Yes. I, I have I have four Bluetooth devices I can't I'm trying to always connect because the computer says crap sound. Good morning, Maria. Mm-hmm. Um I was I was sort of fixated on use the word refute one's refusal to, mm-hmm. um, which is, I haven't heard you use that word before. And, and it reminds me of a past lover would say that I say to me that I choose suffering. And mm-hmm. I would respond, you know, if, if I could, it's not, it's not something I would actually voluntarily choose. I just don't know how to do it differently. So the refusal was a little new for me in your vocabulary. And and I was thinking also when, that the, when you responded to a woman about uh, the Thanksgiving dinner, how you focus, you know, you, you choose, you give your attention to what what you. I forgot already what you said. What you like, what you have in common, what you're with the family mm-hmm. members, rather than the areas of difference. So when that resentment, anger, judgment, 
hurt, victimhood arises, and the nature of the habit energy is that groove is so deep. Where can, you know, before we fall in, besides noticing the rival, which is arising, which is already not being intoxicated, you know, mm-hmm. what, what, where, where can we, you just said some, a place to give our attention, but it's not so familiar. It's not familiar um, place for me. You talked about intentions and actions and, is there something more um, layperson <laughs> friendly? <laughs> um, yeah, and and once again, I, I am going to talk about this tomorrow. So uh, the um, I discovered, for example, that I got into uh, group behavior. That a, a group behaves different than an individual. And so to deal with my family, what I did was call everybody up or text them and say, I want to meet with you, just you. They appreciated the attention. And then we didn't have the family dynamics that altered it. If, you know, This is just an example of something that is, that is just a shift away from how things always are. So that I set up in advance a little bit of protection around habits, right? So... So I no longer go to big parties with my family. I see them individually and I've learned so much more about them. I like them so much more. And I assume they feel the same because it's just us and it's simpler. Now, if it's a one-on-one with someone and I, uh, I can um, feel myself saying, oh, you always do that. As soon as I hear you always do that in my head, I remind myself they don't always do that. And this is this is me putting the emphasis on you always do that. It's me placing blame. And if I can just stop placing blame and hear whatever it is they're saying, just hear it. Actually hear it. I'm less likely to be reactive. It's when I think it sounds just like, then I'm, I drag myself into that pattern. So... I listen for my own triggers and that you always do that. That statement just right away catches my attention. You always do that. Oh, and I always react this way. And did you really do that? And what are you really saying? It's a pulling back into now and letting go of all the things that happened before. You know, that little string that we carry along behind us of, you know, the continuity of life. It is just get back into the now as fast as you can. Just, oh, wait a minute. What's happening right now? What did you just say? What, what, and hear it without the baggage of the habit. It just takes practice, Susie. And sometimes I fail. Boy, there's a wonderful animal out here making clicking sounds. I don't know what it is, but I am not going to be distracted by it. Other questions? Teresa, you can go ahead and unmute. Hi, Teresa. Hi, Maria. Um, maybe this will all be resolved by the time tomorrow when you give your other talk, but um, I'm having a lot of trouble with a sister of mine who's a year younger than me and the last year we've just had these terrible 
our conflicts and arguments that don't go anywhere. Like we get so angry that I just get lost. And I think I'm coming to the fact that it's very possible. We just can't relate to each other. And I'm, I'm having trouble letting go of her. Like it's almost like I'm anxious about it. And um, I mean, I hear everything you're saying and a lot of it is about, I want this reality to be a certain way. I want this to be a close sister relationship. And for years, there's been something wrong. So let me, let me remind you that the, the, the vision of it being a close sister relationship has, is a specific vision. And for you, a close relationship looks like X. And I'm not going to presume what it is. Yeah. Whatever it is, that's the expectation that's not being met. Not the closeness. The intimacy, intimacy between people is very tricky because we have an idea of what it looks like, what it should look like. Yep. That is the place. That view is the place. They're not matching my view. So there's somebody very close to me that I was in conflict with because, for political reasons. It would be a huge, gigantic political gap. And I kept, and, and all of us would say, how can he believe that? How can he believe that? He must not be who I thought he was. And I kept reminding myself, he's exactly who I thought he was. He's living his life this way, despite what he professes. And he is a good man. So I shifted my attention to knowing what I know about him and not the argument that we're having between us. And I never let go of, he's a good man. And and the subject over which we fought hasn't come up in about a year and a half. (laughs) And he is a good man. And, and it was a, it was a serious breach, but what got me through was just recalling this is a good man. It's where you put your attention. It's it's the meat you put in the bowl is what you eat. The shoe you put in the bowl is what you chew you chew on. So Yeah. It's an expectation of a family that it's hard to it's dying it hard. Yes. Just, yes. Yeah. And I'm just hoping it, it does pass. <laughs> Because it, it it just eats at me and keeps me awake. But yes, I just need but to. It's in you. It's in you. Yeah, you have more control over it than you think. It's just that we don't have control. <laughs> so all we do is just repeat. Here's my intention, but it doesn't have to look the way I see it. This is really important. It doesn't have to look the way I see it. I got my happy family Thanksgiving. It didn't look the way I thought it would look. That's what I had to let go of. Okay. Okay.
And uh, so I also want to say that, you know, the, the Saturday group had a couple of people drop out of it, those of you who know about that. And so there are a couple of open spots on the Saturday practice discussion group. So uh, next, Kevin. Hey, Wendy, you can go ahead and unmute. Wendy? Oh, hi. Um, so I was um, thinking about the forgiveness, and I have a, a family member that caused me some childhood trauma. Mm-hmm. And I had actually kind of you know, let go of that and kind of forgiven him. But then I started to feel like I wasn't honoring myself and that that was hurtful and that maybe I should, you know, I don't know what I would do with that, but Maybe I shouldn't let him off the hook so easily. I I don't know. I'm not really sure. You know what? I I don't know if this makes sense. I do. So once again, forgiveness is for you, not for him. Forgiveness is for you. It It is so you hold in your heart peacefulness. So, so there's a place to start from. And, and then, I remind you that it does not mean that you condone or pardon the behavior. You're not pardoning the person. You're not telling them it's okay. It is still not okay. But the fact that it's coming back says that there's still some part of you that's, that is holding on to a piece of, of uh, pain and resentment over it. I can tell you I went through forgiveness practice with my father who had caused some pain in my life. And I finally got to the place where I had forgiven him. And I said, okay, he did it the best that he could do. And after I heard that in my head several times, I said, what if he didn't do the best he could do? And I realized that my forgiveness was conditional. I had made an excuse for him. And I had to go begin all over again to let go of. I can only let go of this if I make an excuse for you. So I did more forgiveness practice and more forgiveness practice until I realized that all the pain I was creating when I felt, you know, it's it's one thing to intellectually say you're creating your own pain by recalling this and, and holding on to resentment. And it's quite another to feel it coming and going. Quite another. The determination to live with a peaceful heart allows you to notice those moments when there is peace in your heart and to say, ah, into those moments. And then you don't choose to suffer. You say, ah, 
That was then. And today I'm at peace and that peace grows. I hope that helps Wendy. Yeah. Yeah. I just have to make the decision, I guess, not to find myself going back to the memories of those events from my childhood. I remember Um, things about my father that I really loved. Only the people who you love can really hurt you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I guess so. Yeah. So I just wish there was a way to turn that off in my head. It feels like I just keep going back there over and over again. I know. So I, I had, I had some, uh, an offense that, that came up uh, that I worked with a lot that uh, the forgiveness was kind of global. And uh, that is, it didn't have a single person that I needed to let go of. And over time, I became to the realization that this had become a kind of metaphor for, for unhappiness in my life. That is, I began to see that when that story came up in my thoughts, it meant I, there was something I needed to pay attention to, that that was not actually the proximal cause of my de- unease. It's just that in my mind, I went back to that. So whenever I hear a particular story that has to do with something in my life, when that story starts running in my head, I think, oh, oh. There's some similarity here. Something is going on in my life that I'm not paying attention to. What is it? I So now it's become a, a kind of, uh, not a touchstone, but a, a warning light, that story. So you might consider that also, that, that it comes up because th- there is some need in your life that needs to be seen. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Maria, we had a question about the Saturday group and how someone yeah. would find out about that. Uh, so if you get the, the weekly newsletter, it's always in there. There's a section that says you can talk with teachers either through the, the group practice discussions or individual practice discussions. And also on the website, um, I always, it, it changes. <laughs> So on the website, there's a, a section. I'd have to look it up. Maureen, do you happen to know? Can can you help us here? Where where to find that exactly? Cindy actually just posted the link on. Um, oh, that on would YouTube. be wonderful. Thank you. So. That's great if someone posted the link. So it's a, a sign up genius thing. Okay, Cindy posted it, um, and I just I, reposted it in Zoom. So. Okay, great. Thank you. Um, Cindy actually had a question in chat. Is it okay to stay away from the person that has caused trauma in your life? I can forgive, but I'm not interested in being with the person because it's upsetting. Well, why would you put yourself through that? (laughs) Yeah, stay away from them. You know, you're you're not required to seek out suffering. There's plenty of it to go around. So uh, until I can feel, and, and you know, the the thing is not to make it into a thing. 
I'm never going to be around this person, but to, to avoid being in a place that, that stimulates the memory and the pain and the, and the suffering, there's no need, there's no need to make yourself feel unsafe, but you can test it every once in a while and see how sensitive you are to that and see if the sensitivity changes. Yeah, Cindy. Well, other, other people in my family, you know, like try to put guilt on me, you know, that I won't participate. There's seven kids in my family, Irish Catholic. Anyway, so um, it's one person out of seven. So I guess that's not bad. <laughs> but <laughs> um, yeah, it's just the pressure I get, you know, because I don't want to go to family reunions. I don't want to be involved. And um, they say, what's your, you know, it, it, they just put pressure on me. It's hard to let go of. We're going to talk about that tomorrow. Okay, great. Specifically. Thank you. Hey, Maria. Well, I think that's, uh, that's all we've got today. And um, I think uh, you've provided a, a good enough uh, wedding of the appetite for tomorrow's talk. So it uh, sounds like everyone's <laughs> looking forward to that. So no pressure. Right. Thank you, everyone. May you know peace in your hearts. Thank you, everyone. And as you sign off, feel free to come off of mute if you want to say goodbye or any greetings. Thank, Thank you, you, Maria. Thank you. Bye. Thank, Thank you. you. Bye bye. Thanks, goodbye. everybody. Bye. Bye, everybody. Thank you, Maria. Good to see you all. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Till tomorrow.